lie. I be rolling with you, mommy. I be feeling the motion. When I'm inside you, I be deep as the ocean. When it comes to your love, can't lie. It be strong as a potion. That's why me and you forever be coasting. Let's roll. Cold pilot on the passenger side. Be so fly. She's so lit. We so high. Just me and my chick. Yeah. Just me and my chick. Yeah. Cold pilot. Yo, what's up, y'all? What's going on, man? Welcome back to another one, yo. This is Sparking Conversation, y'all, and I'm your boy, Rob One. I like to thank y'all personally for each and every week jumping on here and chopping it up. Well, watching us as we give it up to the people, as we chop it up with some of the most interesting people in the world, I like to say. And before we get started, I'm going to do like I always do. I got to thank all of the people that download the audio version of this podcast, yo, because I definitely appreciate y'all. Y'all all over the world. And it's really dope to, to know that people are just listening to us, you know? So, I mean, I, you know, definitely, I guess what we're saying is resonating with somebody out there in the world. So thank y'all so much for doing so. All right. So. As we do each and every week, y'all know we get out here, man, and we chop it up. But I like to let y'all know things that are going on out here in the world because I feel like that's what my platform is for, right? My platform is for giving information, spreading information, and hopefully sparking conversation between adults and whoever, you know, in the sense of who needs to have a communication thing, man, because, you know... A lot of things that go on with a lot of relationships is the lack of communication, right? You know, people don't know how to talk to each other. They don't know how to talk about the things that they're dealing with without being triggered and understanding that emotionally reacting to everything is not the way just because that's who you say you are. But for the most part, I like to think of this platform as a place for people to get some type of thing that they can talk about. If there's anything that you ever thought about you want to support, we have a bunch of different people that come on here that gives you enough opportunity to support people. And just put yourself in this this place sometimes. Just think that maybe this could happen to you. Or if these things that we talk about on here to some of the people and the guests that we have on... If it happened to you, what would you want? Would you want the people to rally behind you? Would you want us to do things that will, you know, inspire you to keep moving or keep pushing forward? Which brings me to another thing. So today, uh, real quick, yo. So today what I did was I was scrolling and I came across a video of Malcolm X. Now, you know, any of the speeches that he is or that he's done, you know, came back from in the 70s, right? But the one thing that he said that resonated with me, which is really important, and this is what I want all of my people to understand, right? He said, if immigrants that could come over here with pennies and nickels, he didn't even say nickels and dimes. It was technical how he said this. If they come over here with pennies and nickels, and they put their pennies and nickels together and put a, and build a small store, then take that small store and then build a bigger store, and then take that bigger store and then turn into an enterprise and then come hire all their own people. Now, at that particular time, he was saying that us as a community, we have something about a $20 billion spending power. And at the same time, we didn't pull together and get nothing. And then they, they say that we complain when these people don't give us jobs or when they don't give us opportunities or in the event that we need their help in a different type of way, like tonight. Tonight, I guess, you know, um, she... I, I'm I'm gonna say just like all the you know the guests that we have come up here that deal with things that are considered tragedy, right? And all of the things that they have to go through behind the scene. Not only do they have to take the time to grieve and the time to you know even grasp what's going on, they have to be able to answer questions when those are asked. They have to be able to 
still fight for just 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 the answers or just the closure of what happened to their loved ones and for me i just feel like you know we got to give flowers to these people because it takes an extra amount of strength right an extra amount of strength to talk about something that's dealing with tragedy right and i know we 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 grow up in a way where we always want to be in a position where we say to ourselves that you know we want our children to bury us but then when that thing happens the other way around, that's a different level. And then at the same time, when you know it was by the fault of something or someone else, you know, hey, that puts a different type of battery in the back of a parent that's really wanting justice for their child, you know? And on this platform, y'all already know how I give it up. I make sure that this platform is open. You know, the news is not going to tell our stories like we're going to tell our own stories. So instead of me sitting up here always every week looking at the hype of what they say uh, a podcast is, right? And just get up here and just go for the things that we know are clickbait and the things that I know is going to get views. But here, we always got to figure out what part can we play in the help in helping each other in a way that we can i know i don't know i don't have all the answers but i have a platform right so this is my part and my part is making sure that i not only do i talk to the people right then and there we, i make sure that i market and promote those people and whatever they have going on and their causes each and every day you know even when they're asleep i'm up and that's just one thing about it, man. So I definitely, I definitely, definitely appreciate all of y'all that's jumped on tonight. So without further ado, you know, oh, uh, shout out to the sponsors. Thank y'all. All the people that click the links in the descriptions. Thank y'all so much for doing that. Uh, keep doing it. Uh, another thing before I bring everybody on, uh, I want to make sure I remind y'all, pay attention to what they're trying to do economically. Uh, you know, Wells Fargo, it, it's something going on in the background, all right, y'all? These banks are falling off and they're falling apart right and 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 people are understanding that the hedge against inflation the real hedge against inflation is starting to become what they call bitcoin right digital currency in the sense of where it is now gives you complete ownership this is not me giving nobody financial advice i'm not trying to market for no particular thing all i'm saying is that if you are complaining about your financial situation then I'm just saying, everybody didn't get in on the dot-com era. Remember, it's a lot of us right now that were around when the dot-com dot com era, y'all didn't jump in on that. Look what happened. A lot of people didn't jump in on a lot of scenarios and then look what happened. So now we're just saying, like, listen, they playing with y'all money. Y'all see what inflation is doing. They printing the dollar. So I'm saying, get ahead of the game and just pay attention follow the money, all right, y'all? It's a such thing as being, you know, everybody out here want to be woke. I don't want to be woke. I'm going to wait. I don't got time for all that. Everything past tense, yo. Let's get to it. You know what I mean? So without further ado, I'm going to bring the crew up real quick. Oh, uh, we got Mika in the building. So we know Illy going, Illy, uh, happy mm. birthday to you, man. Uh, double shout out to you. So I'm sure Illy ain't going to be on tonight, though, but it is his birthday tonight. So double shout out to you. Meek, what's going on? What's up? And yes, happy birthday, Kev. If you're watching, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the, you know what I'm saying? What's Talk going on? Talk to me on? nice. Talk to me all nice. All right, all right. We <laughs> but yo, like we said, you know how we do, man. We're going um, to chop it up. We got Miss Victoria Cocker on. She's going to come up, man, and, and she's going to give us her story, right? Because whew, the things that she's had to deal with, 
in this short amount of time, you know what I'm saying, and still had the resilience and the strength to keep going on and fighting for the justice of the things that happened to her is amazing. Now, no, nobody wants to be pushed to that limit to test yourself in that way, to see how strong you are or see how well you're able to deal with whatever God gives you. But, Dag, yo, I mean, when a person is really going through what she's going through, you got to give it up because she's definitely a warrior. She's definitely a fighter. And I want to make sure that whatever we can do tonight to get some information out there so we can get it to the people, so we can figure out how we can rally behind her and get whatever we need to do, just like along with all the other mothers. You know, at some point, I want to connect all these mothers at some point. You know what yeah, I mean? So with some type of support system, some type of support group. Even if, I don't know, they might not even want it. You know, that's just me. You know what I'm saying? Thinking. And, and and being extra, but that's just me. If anybody know me, you know I'm going to be mad extra anyway. Always, so I'm always. trying to put it together where, you know, they can create a support system. I mean, it's not something that we just want to go out here and market and promote, but it's something that we're dealing with in our community, and it's a real thing. And we yeah. talk to a lot of mothers on this program where they're dealing with the type of loss that this young lady is dealing with tonight. So I'm going to bring her up. We also got John Barnett. Y'all know, friend to the show, man. He's on quite often. And uh, a lot of these stories that I'm able to share or have shared is through him and the the, the work that he's doing with Thug, man. And, um, you know, they call him a civil rights activist. They call him a motivational speaker. They call him a leader uh, amongst other things. But the one thing that you got to say about this guy is that he's a sacrificer. The only thing that he can't do is be more than one place at a time. Like I know that if there was some way that he could be in more than one place at a time, he can, or he would if he could. You know what I mean? That's the type of energy that he's willing to put in to help these people try to get some type of justice with the rallies and even going to the DAs and putting together all these different things. You know what I mean? So, well, you know, Meek, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do our part, right? Yes. We're going to bring them up. All right, we're going to bring them up real quick and we're going to chop it up. So let's see. Miss Victoria, what's going on? Hello, it's Vakara. Vakara. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Vakara, why are we calling you? Victoria? Yeah, yes. I thought that was wrong when you said it, but I was like, then, you know what I was doing? I was looking at everything but this. The part I was looking at this little part right here, and you know I got these glasses on, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that ain't even that. Let me let me be honest with you. Like I spelled the name wrong before, and she got me. I when I I, I had texted, she got me through a text. I spelled it wrong through a text. Her last name. She's like, uh, sir. Yeah, you're right because we got to make sure. Yeah, look, we want her to get the help she needs, and it can't be with the wrong name. Like, mm-hmm. So, Miss Vakara, yes, Vakara Coker. Coker, all right. So, listen, um, as you just did, she did introduce herself to the people. So, I want you to tell the people a little bit about who you are. So, um well, I'm a mother of four. Um, my oldest daughter was 22 when she was killed in a motor vehicle incident that involved Amtrak and also two other people being killed as well. 
Um, my youngest son was killed on January 22nd. Uh, all I know thus far in regards to him is that it was an attempted robbery. I also have a younger child who is, she's 13. I raised my grandson, which was the child of my daughter that was killed by Amtrak. And I also have a son who is in the Navy. Um, that's my oldest son and now my oldest child. He resides in Virginia. I'm a nurse by profession. I've been a nurse for 21 years. I also am originally from upstate New York, from Syracuse, New York. We relocated to South Carolina in 2014, and we've been here ever since. Um, and I'm an activist. I had a program back home in New York where I did a lot of work for the community that I lived in my entire life right. doing advocating for people in the community that were court involved and or incarcerated. So it's just only right that I would be advocating for justice for my children as well, along with the help and support and assistance from Mr. John Barnett, my family, friends, and people in my social media following. Definitely, definitely, and yeah. So um, we got John on the line. Hey, hey John, you uh, I think it's your avatar. You uh, turn your camera on. There you go, John. What's going on? Doing good. How y'all doing? Hey, Miss Coke. How you doing? How you doing, hey, man? How, how you doing? I love my uh, planner too. I appreciate that. Yes, I'm so happy. You love it. It was yeah. so fun to put together. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing well. Yeah, thanks, man. We're glad that you're doing well. We see all the things that you're doing out here. So big up to you as always, like I said earlier. All right. So so we want to talk a little bit about um, the story. So I guess let's start with uh, the situation that was going on with your daughter. Okay. So in, 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 that, in that regard, let's talk a little bit about how this thing happened when it, you know, involved with Amtrak because, you know, based on what the story is, it's like the arm that comes down from yeah. the, uh, that stops, you know, it's supposed to stop you letting you know that the train is coming through. All right. So it's, it's involved in that. Right. Yeah. So let's tell the people a little bit about the details of that. So, you know, how, 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 did, how did that work out? So my daughter was a passenger in an, an SUV on October 30th, 2021, um, she was actually asleep when the vehicle was struck by the train. Uh, she was in the front seat. And originally, I, I mean, well, I still, I never received a phone call from the coroner's office. One of her friends found out through social media because she was residing in a different city from me at the time, but still in South Carolina. It happened in North Charleston on right. Remont Road. And her friend found out through social media um, what happened that my daughter was killed by Amtrak, by a train. And she called me. She let me know about it. I called up to the hospital. I actually had a stranger from Charleston go to the hospital in Charleston to find, see if she can get somebody to talk to me on the phone because I want, we don't have any family there. I wanted to know how they knew it was my child. Right. And upon doing so, everybody refused to get on the phone and talk to me. Nobody would take my phone number from her to give me a call. 
I placed at least six phone calls um, trying to find out on my own because every party that I called told me I needed to call, contact another party and right. speak to them. And it ended up that this person physically bumped into the person that's in charge of the entire coroner's office. She physically bumped into her while we were on the phone and the lady did agree to call me. She called me. She told me I'm really not supposed to confirm or deny, but if you can tell me her birthday and her name, I'll let you know if that's her. And I told her, she said, yes, it seems as though we have your daughter. Um, we went back and forth. She told me that I couldn't come down there uh, to telling me that I had to wait until later on that day to come to then telling me that I had to wait until Sunday to come to then telling me I had to wait until the funeral home prepared her body because she was in such bad shape that I couldn't, they wouldn't let me see her then to telling me that I couldn't come because she didn't have anywhere to put me because of COVID. Finally, on Monday, she, and she told me that if I came, I told her I was coming anyway. She said, if you come anyways, we're not going to let you see her. So I went down there anyways on that Monday on my way down there. I was finally able to track down the traffic officer who I was told that was assigned to the case. And I asked him why he did not call me or anyone contact me to let me know about my child being killed. He told me, well, we were busy. And I said, well, it's Monday. Are you still busy? And he said, the bottom line is we were busy. That's why we didn't call you. We don't have any witnesses. We don't have any videos. All we know is that the driver tried to beat the train. And I said to him, if you don't have any witnesses and you don't have any videos, how do you know that she tried to beat the train? Mm. And he went on to tell me, well, this is that's all the information I have for you. I went on to tell him that, you know, there's a Walgreens in the area. There's a CVS. There's a Piggly Wiggly. There's restaurants. Somebody has to have some type of footage. I also let him know where they were leaving from when right before the incident happened. He proceeded to tell me he was taking notes and so on and so forth. In the meantime, I went down there to the coroner's office to obtain my daughter's things, myself and family friends that accompanied me. We went to the train tracks after I left the coroner's office and started doing our own, kind of looking around the area and things like that of actually where it happened. Um, right. Upon doing so, I found a box. It was actually a package that was addressed to CSX sitting in the grass. It was unopened. And uh, I did retrieve that package. And inside of it, there are cables, hardware, and lights that go onto the arms of the, um, the arms that go down, up and down on the train tracks. Ah. Yeah. And I still have it. Ah. I also uh, encountered a gentleman um, who happened to be just out there while myself and our family friends were there looking around and he approached us and said he saw everything. He told us I have him on video saying what he saw. He gave a full description of what he saw happen and what he said he saw happen was the arm went down and then it went right back up and they went and the, the driver drove. Um, also in the process of talking to him, there was a food truck, um, that was right on the side of where it happened at. They right. had a huge camera on the side of there. 
their their truck. And they had reached out to one of the people that was with me and told her that they they asked, was I one of the mothers? She said, yes. They said, we want to talk to her. We have a video. We only want to show her. She's the only person that can come in. They proceeded to take me down like a alleyway into some type of other shack looking light thing that wasn't attached to the food truck. Um, they had me, he had me wait outside with his wife for about 10 minutes. Um, he then had proceeded to tell her to let me come in. She brought me inside. Again, they wouldn't let anybody come in with me. And once they brought me inside, he showed me a video on this. He had like all these different monitors inside of there. He showed me a video. And on that video, I seen the arm go up. I seen exactly what the gentleman outside told me he saw. I seen the arm go up. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. I seen the arm go down but literally seconds later it went right back up and when it went up she drove and the train hit them um a lot of people have made the comments and said to me like uh well she didn't see the lights and she didn't hear the horn and so on and so forth but it's not as simple as that you'd have to be familiar with that area i was familiar with the area because my daughter had left spartanburg South Carolina and moved to Charleston, South Carolina two to three years before it happened. So I would go to her house. Um, so I was familiar with the area, the way the area is, where the area is and how the train tracks um, go, the direction that the train tracks go. It's not as you, you can't see if you if you're able to look down the railroad track and see anything, whether something is present or not you're already in the line of whatever is coming because otherwise there's so much forestry there. You can't see anything. It's so thick that you couldn't see lights if they were on. And even while we were there, um, trains were coming and I recorded how they come and go and they don't all, they weren't always blowing their horns just in the time that we were there. So, and then if I fast forward, a lot of things transpired in between there. But if I fast forward, um, again, this happened October 30th, 2021. In about February 2022, I, you know, and even out of frustration, I just raised the question because I have the experience that I have working with law enforcement and the court system and things on different levels. I posed the question that you guys are pushing the narrative that this girl try to beat the train or what have you, but her tox screen was fine. Her mm. tox screen was fine. And also um, she was never arrested. Now, had she would have done that, she would have been handcuffed to the bed when she woke up in the hospital because the driver did live. And, you know, once I posed that question to the people that I posed it to, then they said, well, you know, you do have a point. Just give us some time to work on it. So May of 2022, they arrested the driver. Um, May. This happened October 30th, 2021. Um, and I just operate in integrity. I know what I saw. Unfortunately, um, the people that had the food truck they were illegal immigrants and possibly involved in some other illegal activities they did not 
they refused to allow me to record it. They refused to allow me to send it to the attorney that I had at that time. And they also um, refused to send it to them themselves and also to have any police involvement. They did not want any type of police involvement whatsoever. Um, later on, uh, two attorneys did go down there on two different occasions to try to talk to them, but they were just like, they just didn't want anything to do with anything. Um, but again, I operate in integrity and I know what I saw with my own eyes. They came and I don't know these people from anywhere. They came and got me to show me this and I can't, I, I will never deter from what I saw and I can't right. operate in a space where I'm being a part of someone being held accountable for something that they're not responsible for. That's a fact, yo. So, all right. So, basically, they got hit by the train. So, what the driver still is the only one that survived? Yes, and I actually have video. Um, of course, in the day and age we live in, people tend to go live before they assist people. Somebody went live that night and at the scene, physically on the scene, and I have video footage of the young lady that lived, the driver laying face down on the ground during an active crime scene and nobody's offering her any type of medical assistance whatsoever. Nobody. She's laying on the ground face down. And what we do know it like it, it was almost as if I don't I don't know. I don't know if they just assumed that she didn't live. I don't know what it was, but it was an active crime scene. People are walking around. EMS is there. The coroner's office there. Nobody's giving this young lady any type of medical attention at all. She's just laying on the ground face down. And what we do know for a fact is she lived because she's alive and walking around right now. Um, during this whole entire process, I was never even assigned a victim's advocate until July of 2022. I was not contacted to attend any type of hearings or any type of proceedings pertaining to um the alleged case um that they were attempting to create or what have you right, i also right, have right. not been given access or any viewings to the video from the actual train and then if we fast forward to december uh, 22nd of 2023, after multiple attempts and being told since May that I was going to be allowed to come to the DA's office to watch the video, right. um, and and it never happening. If we fast forward to December 22nd, me and Mr. Barnett were on a phone call with one of with the ADA that's over the case and right. inquired about watching the video, and he's that's when he informed us or he told us that he was told by Amtrak that they will only turn over the video to them, to the DA's office, if they signed an NDA saying that they were not going to allow myself, the other victims' families, or the defense attorney for the driver to see the video. And so, public. And but, it cannot and, be. And the public. And the public. So so help me out, John. So hold on for a second. So if they're saying that she tried to beat the train and they have video of her beating, trying to beat the train, obviously, so why wouldn't they release that then? I don't know. It's just shocking to me because you're looking at four times. I, I got involved like the last within the last two months. Um, and so we're at number four. And you know I ain't got much patience. 
So we got a press conference in two weeks at the railroad tracks to demand that they release the video to the public because we're at a part, we're at a phase where I've given her two of the top notch lawyers in Charleston, but their hands is tied. No video, the video that was on the food truck. We don't know if ice is done, ice done picked him up. Uh, but you know what my grandmother taught me that, um, that God don't like ugly. And then right. Reverend Sharpton, Reverend Sharpton used to teach me that innocent blood cries from the grave. So if by chance there's some innocence in the heart of Miss Coco's daughter, then it's going to cry from the grave. Whoever killed Dr. King, they say the bullet came from a different angle. His files are getting ready to be released. So they, it's going to have to come to surface. And so that's what I believe in this particular case. We're at odds right now. I gave it a top two notch lawyers in Charleston. Carl Solomon is a lawyer who has sued Amtrak before. So he's the perfect lawyer, but we're limited because they're holding back evidence. Whenever you find solicitors and police departments, Amtrak parties that be that's in Washington, D.C. holding back evidence, they're trying to hold something back so that we run out of that statutory time frame of two years. So we have six months to file a lawsuit. And if they hold on to that, then nothing can be done. This year, they're going to release Malcolm X's files. I think this year or next year. I think it's this year. So whatever's in Malcolm X's file, if we find out that, that the bullet came from the roof, which Dick Gregory said, or if we find out that one of the guys was a cop, then they said it at 50 years. I, I got to tell you this. Malcolm X, the judge during his case said, we're going to release it in 50 years. Why did, he, 50, why did he say 50 years? Because the life expectancy of a human is 60 to 70 years. Give or take those cops back then was 20 years old. So odds are they're going to be dead. So there's be no one to prosecute. So they held on to Malcolm X's file to 50 years. I think they supposed to release him this year. And so in saying that same thing with, uh, with this case here, you know, they're just holding on the evidence so you can't move forward. But I believe in exposure. Um, we worked on Shankrella Robinson case and all hope was gone. And I just said, let's just send some pink envelopes to Mexico and reopen the case, and now we got Ben Crump on board. And so that's what you have to, you have to be very aggressive. If the solicitor promised us to see the video on the 22nd, you know, Mika, and I don't know if you know, we were getting ready to do a press conference for her daughter, and her, on the 22nd, her son was shot on the 20th. So we 22nd. had to cease, 22nd, I'm sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. And we had to cease all, uh, 22nd, we were supposed to watch the video. Your son got passed away on what day? The 22nd. 20, right? The 22nd, 22nd. okay. Everything that's happened yeah, that's correct. Right. Yeah, but that's why we gave the we gave the solicitor a deadline of that same day. And so we were headed to Charleston to do press conference. And then our son, we still don't know who the killer is of that case. So Ms. Coke is one of the strongest black women I've met this year to lose a son and a daughter and both be mystery cases. We don't know who shot our son and we don't have a video to this Amtrak train. So we definitely, definitely want to ask and we appreciate you allowing us to be on your show. Because, you know, we're going to send this link out to everybody that we can. I'm going to send it to Ben Crump, you know, Attorney Crump and all. Uh, I did in my last attempt to get an attorney for Ms. Coco, get her on the phone with uh, Attorney Crump's office. So hopefully we can have some more resources to put pressure on Amtrak as we put pressure on the Department of Justice for Shankarella Robinson. As we put pressure on the Department of Justice for Emmett Hill, that they may step in and move swiftly to help her out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I we gotta figure something out because technically that's a that's a lot right there, yo. That's a lot all together that you guys are dealing with because technically for them for them to try to paint a narrative but then not try to prove it is really something is fishy about that. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's almost like why why would you not release it if what you're saying is what it really is? Because that just exonerates you, you know, and That's then correct. the driver puts it back on the driver because ultimately it's the driver's decision at that particular point, especially if everybody else is asleep. But the thing that just doesn't make sense is if the driver like you find in a box of things that look like would be used to fix whatever could be said wrong with that arm or whatever, and somebody didn't finish it or didn't do it all like they were supposed to, probably hurry up, ready to go. Because the fact that you found that box, I wonder if there's something that it's a reason for that, for for what those is used for. Is there any way that you could find out exactly what the contents of the box from CSX, right? Yes. What the I mean, I have that box is really for. Say that yeah, again. It's the I said I have it. It's the inside of it are the the cables, hardware, and those red lights that are on the the arms. Uh huh. The those red lights that's in the box, the cables that would connect. It's like everything but an arm. All the pieces that go on the arm is in that box. Okay, and then it was unopened, right? Because you said it was unopened. Yes, unopened address to see so, so technically, would would was that skip like is there any way to figure out was maintenance supposed to be scheduled and maintenance dropped the ball because of the contents of the box being there in the area of where this accident took place? Because it's a lot going on right here. Because it's a reason why they're not allowing that tape to, to, to just you know to give you that tape. Yes, you know, and I um what you I've been I've been trying to get answers since the day I mean the day that I was when I was told that my daughter was killed by a train I just felt like something wasn't right and I said it that's all I kept saying my first reaction I just kept saying something isn't right nobody called me and so on and so forth and in the process of all of this um I've been basically trying to get answers on my own for the right. most part and have not been getting any um you know and again we were literally I was packing my bag um I talked to my son Vaquan at my daughter's name was Tasia Newton my son's name was Vaquan Newton I was on FaceTime with my son um for quite some time we hung up 30 minutes before he was killed at 11. It happened at seven o'clock, 7 PM. He was killed in Hampton, Virginia at 11 58 PM. I was literally packing my bag. So Tuesday morning we can, so the Tuesday morning, well, Tuesday evening, we can head to North Charleston to do the press conference for Tasia in regards to Amtrak. Right. I received a call at 11.58 while I was packing the bag about my, from my daughter-in-law about my son being killed. Okay. And I had to call Mr. Barnett and let him know that I wasn't going to be able to go to Charleston. And exactly what he said to me was, well, it's up to you. You call the shots. We can always postpone the press conference, but it sounds like we need to head to Hampton, Virginia. And he was already in the midst of traveling and on the road doing what he does. And he did meet me in Hampton, Virginia that Monday. Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. Double salute to you. Oh, okay. He probably have a connection thing. He'll be back on. But um, yeah, so and that's going into another thing. So that's why I said earlier about how strong you are, you know. Um thank you. And 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 it's not it's like I said, you know, nobody wants to be tested in this way to prove it, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's like a thing where people will say you gotta pick your battles, right? And this is just not one I'm sure that you woke up one morning and said, you know what, God, please test me and see how strong right. you are. There's a lot of people who, who wouldn't be able to go as far as you have gone in this situation and still have a mindset to think through it. You know? like Because yeah. most people wouldn't put themselves in a position to continuously think through it. You know, they'll 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 go with what's going on, they'll give up and they'll know like you know in their heart and in their spirit, like yo, something just ain't right. Right. And I and think that's very true. That's very true. That's a that's a huge reason. Um, I'm just speaking from now from my own personal experiences. I have literally in both instances had to make a decision, either I'm going to grieve. Or I'm going to fight for justice because for me, maybe somebody else can, but for me, I'm not able to do both at the same time for the simple fact of the matter is it's very, very easy to fall apart, but it's so much harder to put yourself back together. And in order for me to continue on the quest of justice uh, for both cases, um, and I thought like this even when it was just my daughter's case that I was Uh, seeking justice for but in order for me to do so I know that I have to as best as I can be be of some type I gotta have myself together to some degree you know and I'm not saying that I don't I don't have moments where I break down and things like that I'm not saying that but as far as being in full grieving mode I I can't afford to do so at this point in time I've said on numerous occasions, um, publicly and privately to people that when it comes to my children, I don't care if justice is being served while I'm laying on my deathbed. Like I have to not just in, in part of that justice is having answers. Facts. Mm-hmm. Facts. And, and, and I think that's the most important part because what other people don't realize is that they making certain decisions and they get to go home you know, they get to hug their loved ones. They get this. They get to, They get to call them if they're not there to hug them. Okay. They get to FaceTime them if they do. And then when you know people like yourself go through the things that you go through, and what you really just want is answers. Like if if it is what it is, just give me the answers. Let me exactly. deal with deal with so I could process this and keep going. Because like you said, you you know you you have grandchildren and you have other children and you you can't like you said you can't afford to break down although your children are not here they're counting on you yeah i I understand why people get away with with stuff because it's it's hard like you trying to grieve and like i i personally I had to make a decision. I had to tell myself, like, Vakari, you're gonna have to make a choice. You either gonna fight or you gonna or you gonna grieve. You're not gonna be able to do both at the same time because 
even though I'm full of emotion and passion in both instances, but I have to be able to control that to some degree. If I fall apart, nobody's going to listen to me. Nobody's going to want to hear. And at the end of the day, I mean, you win when you get what you want. And what I want is answers in both instances. And like you just said, if whatever it is, is what it is. I'm, I'm very integral with how I operate in my life. My children are integral with how they operate in their lives. We deserve answers. And, and that's just what it is. And I haven't even been afforded the opportunity to receive just answers. And you know what? You know what's the sad part about it? Where, where I feel like that sucks because of who we are in our community. And John, you may, you may can attest to this is that, you know, people think that the, the search for answers always is tied to money some type of way. Right. So we, we, we'll mm -hmm. say somewhere like Amtrak, Amtrak may be so reluctant in giving this information to you in the sense of them feeling, knowing that they're negligent, but having to come off monetarily to you guys. Because for some reason, I think these people really think that money replaces the people, and it don't. Nobody yeah. gets up in the morning and say, I know a lot of people say, yo, you know, financially, they wish they could change their scenarios or whatever. I understand that. But nobody wakes up in the morning and say, I want to go about it this way, right? So why they think that's our motivation just because who we are is crazy. Because like I said, they go home and get to kiss their loved ones. But, all right, so let's... All right, so then that's the thing with your daughter. All right, so then there was other people in the car. Uh, uh, the driver's the only one that didn't uh, that didn't die. Yeah. Okay, and so when that happened, and then the thing happened with your son. Now your son was in Hampton, Virginia. Yeah. And so my oldest cool. son, uh, my oldest son and his wife, they right. are both in the Navy. They're both petty officers uh, in the Navy. And they reside in Hampton, Virginia. Um, and my son, in April of 2023, my son, Vaquan, I took him near Easter weekend right. to live there. And he he's a great kid. I mean, and I'm not just saying it because I'm his mother. Strangers that just knew him from adult strangers that just knew him from his job have right. reached out to me like, I, even as his mother, I don't got to say a word about his character and who he was. There's enough strangers, people that don't know me from a hole in the wall that have spoke nothing but greatness and spoke highly of my son. So I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know. You know. But, um, but he, even though he was a great kid, I understand the fact that at the end of the day, he was turn, he's turning into a young man. And I'm a, I'm single. I'm a mother, but I'm single. And I understand the importance of especially, uh -uh, that's my my daughter's son. <laughs> um, I understand the importance of young black children. And for me, especially young black males, because I have two sons and two daughters of them having a positive black male role model in their life that's very important I, I i understand the importance of that and so with that being said as a family we made a decision that my son would go live with his big brother and his sister-in-law in virginia especially after losing my daughter and all the things right. going on. and my son actually he was like mom let me get a grandson which is what we call my grandson and i was like no y'all don't have any children 
he was two at the time. And I was like, he's a toddler. And he was like, mom, I just want to try to help you out as much as possible. He could greatly benefit from growing up in a military lifestyle. And I said, well, let's, when your brother, um, when next year comes, just get your brother. Cause you don't have to be worrying about getting a toddler and they don't have any children, you know? Right, right, right. So that was a decision we made as a family. We talked about it. We planned it. And so I moved Vaquan to Hampton. He was doing great just as he was in Spartanburg. He just actually even began to be greater. You know, him being there with them, they are my my son, Roshan, and my daughter-in-law, Felicia. I just, they are so well established. Um, right. And I'm not even just talking about finances, but right, they right, have right. it very well together there. They have a credit together. They have... Uh, their morals and their integrity intact i mean they they just phenomenal so it was a it, i mean it, i couldn't think of a better position for him to be in than to be right. there and it afforded him even more greatness than what he already possessed he's he was there in april and he hadn't even been there for a year and when he was killed i mean the amount of support from the hampton community was as if we lived in Virginia all of our lives, you know, because of who he was, because of his character. That's how, I mean, the the football team from Hampton, because he played football, he also was an A student, an honor roll student, had honors classes. Um, two of his teachers, uh, his head coach and his wife and the team, they came to South Carolina in two vans to be at my son's services here in South Carolina. That's amazing. The pastor that officiated the services, he came from Virginia to do the eulogy, him and his wife and uh, some of his um, people from his church. Like he, he just, he was an amazing kid. He did not live the lifestyle that aligned with the people that killed him. Wow. And that was, and that's another thing that's unfortunate too. Is that, you know, people in your position, you know, you guys, you do so much to try to uh, provide for your children. You know, we all do in the sense of being a parent, right? You try to make mm -hmm. these decisions that you feel like is best for them. Like you said, you know, being single, but you wanted him to grow up in a space where he saw how a man operate with your older yes. son yeah. and, and give him that that sense of, you know, this is what it's like as well. You know what I mean? And then to Absolutely. find a, a woman that may be as strong as your mom or, you know, or even as dope as your daughter-in-law. Yes. You to be able to have these type of examples. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? The sad part about it, like I said before, is that other people that don't have that mm -hmm. at all is, is the people who always look to find a way to take it and rob it from other people. And which is sad because the people who do these things the most to us look like us. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. I know, John, you were saying that uh, before about, you know, hey, you know, brothers need to get, you know, a better understanding of what it's like to be a man from other places that, you know, where men are presented strong. Right. And, and, I, and I get the problem is, though, you know, I, I, I wish you know, just me, that it could start right at the home base. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a big win, but I wish it do. 
So, Meek, let me ask you a question, Meek. In the sense of like, 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 what Ms. Vicara is saying, because you have you have children yourself, you know what I mean? You know, it, it, how important would you think that it would be for you to figure out how can I get these answers? Like, right? Like that motivation that come because I, I, I know you personally and I know you, you, you pretty much, you know, I, I think you'll jump all the way out the window for your kids. Yeah. Like you, you all the way, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so what do you think? Tell me, tell me, tell me how you feel about that. First, I'm just impressed with how Vicara just, how you just carry yourself, how you're getting through this. Um, I would hope that I would be as put together as she was um, to not be emotional, like you said, because God forbid you show your vulnerability and now nobody wants to hear you because now you're just an hysterical woman. And so that's an unfortunate truth that you do have to come in that masculine energy and that that stature where you're not a mom. You're not falling apart. You have to come straight in straight facts, no emotion. And to be able to do that, get your point across because you're looking for information. I I wish and I hope that I would be that strong. I know I would have my breakdowns like you in private, have those moments where I would fall apart. But getting those answers, that would be my new life. That would be it. That would be yes. what I live. And go everything it's just no i need to know mm -hmm. and why, why, especially for your dog i mean that was 2021 you said mm -hmm. it's like come on man yeah yeah and, 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 and i'm gonna tell you that's why i was saying so john help me out with this man what 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 do we how can we where, where where's the emotion at because like y'all said for her son you know he was put he was placed in a, in a, in a great environment around uh you know great people and he still suffered the tragedy as if he was in the hood somewhere we do know hampton has its own reputation for certain things but at the end of the day you know i feel like us as people we should be able to go anywhere that we are but i, I mean that's just the way i think but tell me talk talk to me a little bit about what what does it take you know for us to try to get this message out to try to be a little bit more um I don't know, proactive. Proactive, yeah. I, I would say that the first thing I would say, I would, I would give you a very wise quote that the, the African proverb says that uh, in order to raise a child, it takes an entire village. But if the entire village is crazy, it's going to produce a crazy child. So no matter where you put your children at, if we don't, if we don't straighten up and put some godly attributes in that community, you can be as sweet as a dove. But if you're in a bad environment, where everybody's not that dove. Some of those are ravening wolves and lions that's trying to take you out and take you out for no reason at all. Sometimes it can be for money. We still don't know why her son was shot. And, and, and to know that he drove off trying to get away and then ends up, ends up hitting a pole or something and going into a ditch uh, lets you know that he was fighting for his life. So I would say that it needs to start not only just with the individual, but to, to go outside and deal with the community as a whole. And what happens is, is that that will not take place until we as men take full control of the community. We had full control when the Black Panthers was in Compton in 1976. We had full control when the deacon board existed. Now we got mega churches. There's no deacons, there's no trustees, 
There's no ushers. We don't even see winos no more. God forbid, we don't even see crackheads. So the men definitely have to stand up to eliminate some of these activities. These boys that's running around shooting one another, they don't have a head. No, they, nobody would have a head acting like that. There's no fathers around. There's no male mentors. Denzel Washington was was in, was raised by the Boys and Club, Boys and Girls Club, a white man, and Oprah brought him on her show one day, and he hadn't seen him in years, so he had some type of male impact that made him the actor that he is today. Uh, his daddy was a preacher, preaching all over the place. This is Denzel Washington. Daddy too busy, but that white man at that Boys and Girls Club took time out to reach out to Denzel. So I think it's imperative that that we um, again get back to you know straightening up that entire village. And that's something that futuristically I can always throw up in the air unless I understand that I don't know or did not know Ms. Coker personally. But I understood and I understand that Medgar Evers helped Miss uh, Mamie Teal when her right. son was shot in his head and thrown in the river. And I know that Mega didn't know her, but he stood beside her until she got justice. And I know that 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 Benjamin Crump never met Shen Crowley Robinson, and neither did I. But he's standing beside us. Uh oh, might be a signal, bro. We'll get it back. But but I get where you're coming from, and and that's and that's why I said it's so important that you know platforms like I, like such as myself that don't don't mind allowing people to come up here speak their truth and and do what they can to get the word out and, and spread it to as many people as possible that can get behind mm -hmm. the story and get traction and can help demand that justice because sometimes it do take those signatures and it do take uh you know petitions and it do take rallies and it do take those type of scenarios for us to come together for them to say like yo yeah you might think we're separated but we're not as separated as you think yeah it, it is complete strangers that's coming together to help mm -hmm. and that's the good thing about our spirit as a people although we do the most hard, harshest things to each other but we still have to come together for each other in love, which means that that so we won't turn our hearts ugly. Because like like I'm gonna be honest with you, Mr. Cara, you know everything that you're going through, you could be, you know, you have the right to. Like nobody would be able to look at you and be like, yo, no, nah, you you shouldn't be acting like that. Nah, you got the right to walk around with the straight face and the no smile and no. If you ain't got no answer for me, don't say like you got the right to do that, yo. But in in the interim, you not you still even um behind the scenes before we started the show, you were smiling. You have, you know, you still have a sense of joy, although you're dealing with things that, like I said, that most people would have been done already, jumped out the window, and you have stood ten toes down in the pursuit of answers for your children you haven't even said justice one time so in the sense of how people try to maybe try to categorize you and your pursuit for answers you still are a mother who is saying to to the world basically mm -hmm. yo i just need answers y'all just just answer the questions like Finn, why all right back so this wasn't faulty then why is the things out there to fix it was out here here go the box stop lying all right, bet. So listen, my son, he out there doing what he do. He with the right people. He with his family. He's playing sports. He's he's pretty much focused on his future and moving forward. And then for some odd reason, there's people around him in that space that don't like him enough to say that this is what they're going to do to him. 
Yeah. And to know that he had, and to know that he had hopefully should be back on. Your mind is acting up, but um you know, you know how that go. You listen, you know when we start spitting them facts, you know how that's them right. go. You know how that goes. Right. But but know her son, but yeah, but to know her son had a licensed uh clothing line, like fully licensed. To know he had over 15 letters from colleges begging him to come to their school lets wow. me know that, he, that that it may have been sparked by the same jealousy that killed Shankrella Robinson. You that people in the hood don't People in the hood don't want you to go to college. People don't want you to hood to leave them. It's a thing where it's a mindset. They don't want you to leave them. They want you to stay right there where they are in the mud. And so that crab mindset is real. Uh, you, you always have to watch your friends and yeah, stuff like that. That's a fact. But the yeah. sad part is, you know, you know, from the way everyone is is really speaking about him he wasn't even in that space like he wasn't even in that life you know what i'm saying Not he wasn't even in there to to be out there in that space but like you said you know hate could come from a mile away sometimes the people that hate you the most you don't see them. And I, and I you know they know. see you yeah and i didn't know hampton was you know such a bad place i've never heard much about him that was my first time going to him but once i got there i realized that it's not a pleasant place your your audio real low. There you go. Okay, sorry, I might have my hand over it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I didn't know Hampton was that bad. And you know, I, I thought it was that was my first time there. But to know that they were, you know, 60, 70 percent black, I believe. Uh, right. I was I was kind of shocked at that. So Hampton Hampton is Compton in so many words. You know, and and that's and that's out of respect of Hampton, but simply because of the fact that I pray to go there in, in a couple weeks and do a justice rally and try to heal some of the broken moons that's going on down in Hampton. Yeah, well, yeah, because, yeah, because like Hampton has a rep. Like it has a reputation. It, it has a reputation ever since like going back to the 90s. I didn't know, you that. know from from the rappers and stuff like that that would be out of Hampton to like mm -hmm. uh you know the clips and all those other guys. They always talked about Hampton in their rhymes and mm -hmm. they always talked about that music, even from like Missy and all of them. So it was a thing about Hampton. It was always one of those places where it was heavily, you know, a drug area, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. they it, it was just known for, you know, having that scenario. But it's also a beautiful place as well too, if you kind of look at it because the military Basically, right. so the area, um, the area that my son and my daughter-in-law live in, there is nothing but military, retired military, or retired people. But place. where my son was killed at, that area is a whole nother world to the point that the the detectives who don't even know my child, um, one of their questions is they're trying to figure out why. And how was he even in that area? How did he get there? Right. They believe that um, they believe that somebody over there, some kind of way, was the reason why he ended up over there. Um, they they searched my son's room when they came. Um, so my son, my oldest son, Roshan, he was actually on deployment. He was in the middle of the Red Sea when this happened. So wow. it took him two days to get back to Virginia. He was on a deployment. So my daughter-in-law was the one that had to receive the news. And, the, you know, my son has legal custody. Like, we weren't, we don't just, we really do family business in, in my family when it comes right. to me and my children. Right, so right. 
you know, they said that it took them so long to notify us because of the age, because of my oldest son's age, he's young. And they right. said it just didn't equal out that he would be his guardian. But in, in any event, they when they came there, they, they asked my daughter-in-law, can they search his bedroom? And they searched it and they told us, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. He they he said, I'm going to be honest. I've been doing this for a very long time. And normally what happens is there's something else involved. Drugs, alcohol, right. guns, gang activity. He said, "We, your daughter-in-law let us search your son's room. We searched that room top to bottom. There's no drugs. There's no alcohol. There's no guns. There's no evidence of any of those things, he said. And even through the interviews that they did of his peers at the school, his teachers, his coaches, they they said they just don't they don't understand. But what they do know is the passenger that was in the vehicle with my son told them that the two suspects, when they approached the vehicle, they said to my son, give me everything you got. Oh, so they was trying to rob him. Yeah. Man. And so, yeah, and like you said, he wouldn't even be over there. Like, he had no reason to be in that particular area had it not been mm-hmm. actually trying to, you know, yo, can you take me here? Or, you know, in that type of scenario. Yeah. So frustrating with this stuff, man. It's that dag, man. You know, like... I mean, he was a... He had multiple... He had got accepted to... Old Dominion. Now, first of all, he's been an athlete and a scholar since he was seven years old. He's been a scholar as long as he's been in school, but he started football when we moved to South Carolina. He played for an AAUAYF organization called the Carolina Bulldogs. He um, played all the way until he aged out for high school. He always started. um, He could start on offense and defense, and then he moved to Virginia. He, He and was a you know, a star athlete was even on the news for playing football there. Um, but he had multiple college offers that just were, that were just, no, I'm on the phone, that were just based off of his grades, not even about his football. Just right. because his GPA, he was accepted in the Old Dominion, Norfolk State University, South Carolina State University, Talladega, JMU, Liberty and a bunch of other colleges, like literally daily, me and my oldest son and Vaquan, we're all in an email thread. We get even as recent as yesterday morning, we received information, um, emails of people, colleges requesting us to do the financial aid paperwork for him or apply for scholarships for him to be able to go ahead and attend college but he hadn't made a decision yet where he wanted to go because he had so many different offers but he was not and don't get me wrong no child no parent deserves to lose their child but when it comes to my child specifically I just want to be very clear that he didn't live the lifestyle that his killers live ain't nothing wrong with saying that too man I know it's supposed to be people would think that they expect that you know you know how they say the old saying that most people say hey, my kids ain't nothing wrong with my kids and right. the kids over there causing all kind of havoc outside and I'm the first like I even I talked to the detective for at least an hour this morning like I'm the first 
I'm the parent that, and anybody that knows me, they know this about me. Like, if it, uh, you can call me and tell me my child did something, and I have four, so I might tell you this one didn't do it, but this one, now this one would do something like that. You know, I I don't um I don't sugarcoat stuff. I live in the reality of of what's real, you know. And right. he's just, I mean, I it just even his peers are like they don't understand. It just don't make any sense. They don't understand how something like this would happen to him. So, right. you know, it's, but like I said, in both instances, as, as it relates to Tiaja Newton and as it relates to Vaquan Newton, I'm not going away. Um, I'm very, very grateful for Mr. Barnett and I's um, connection and our relationship as it relates to the work that he does. And right. I appreciate him for the work that he does for all the people that he assists, not just me and my children. As I said, I've been an advocate for many things and many people um, all of my life. I actually have a video on my social media of my daughter holding my grandson when he was six months. Her and her friend were making fun of me because I was advocating for something else with somebody else that day. And she right. was like, she was holding him and she said, no justice, no peace. But they were laughing because they were talking about me. And right. I refer to that video often because I never knew that that would be something that I would be having mm -hmm. to utilize for my own children. But, Absolutely. you know, but it is it is what it is. And I'm not going to ever. I've been on this mission for my daughter since the very day it happened. And I have been treated as if, why don't you just go just away? Yeah. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going away. I'm not going away until I get answers. Yeah, I, that's what I'm talking about. That's and that's how they treat a lot of these people that we've been having on the show. Like you, you moms that has been losing your children and wanting these answers, and they can't, you know. And people are very insensitive too. Like they'll make comments, like they'll try to go around the headline that the other people put up in front. Like they don't be used as smoking mirrors, right? And in order to make themselves look good, and then they'll, they'll and then people are just run with it because it's so easy to do so. Yes. When the evidence showed that common sense just ain't common for people yes. now, because that's right. You know, it's no reason for you and your daughter's case, like I said, and I keep referring to that. It got to be something with that box, you know. There's no need for a person to have brand new trinkets that go into that arm be sitting there. Yeah. That arm is faulty for no and mind you, I saw this box on Monday. It happened Saturday. If y'all so-called were doing an investigation and you've been over here for however long you say you were over here, nobody saw this box. Right. Yeah. How can that's I trust that you did your job appropriately in the first place? Because it, right. just, yeah, just another reality that you know that black lives really don't matter still in this country. Um, there were some questions in the chat, brother Ra. I don't know if you want to answer them. I know somebody had asked. I think his name was Yahim or Yashim, something like that. Uh, he had asked, um, "Have we put a request in for the attorney to release the video?" Yes, we have the solicitor, who is actually the person that actually prosecutes our people in South Carolina. That's the person we got because that's who's representing us since we're labeled in the category of the victim. So we, yes, we have to answer his question. Yes, we did put that request in, uh, but this time we're making it more uh, visible, and that's why right. we're demanding the press conference. He promised yeah. the video. Yeah. He don't. He don't know. He, he don't know. I'm impatient. He he promised what to allow us to watch this video um, last month. Right. He didn't, mm -hmm. and so I go into state. 
phase five of civil rights, which is direct action. And that's what we're going to do the press. Conference. Now we're going to ask the media, the reporters, after we do our press conference, y'all go in that solicitor's office after this press conference and ask him why he won't give the video and then put it on your newscast tonight. And that's sometimes that's what you have to do is put people on black. You know what? And even when we don't have to do it, sometimes we just need to. Mm-hmm. Because that much light need to be shed on things when it comes to that. And the um, question was from a female. That was Jesse. She was and the one that asked the question. And that was a good okay. question. Because that's things that we, you know, people would like to know. Because think about it. Like when, when people hear these stories immediately, they either go look at their children or they'll go grab their children and hug them mm-hmm. and do everything else. Because they will know that if anything was to ever happen to their children, they will definitely would would jump out the window just like you guys do for your children. And that's why I think that it's, you know, a lot of people say like sometimes you don't find your superpower until you're tested. You know, we don't know mm-hmm. what we can do until we are put in that position to have to do it. And like you said, they were laughing at you about being an advocate for, you know, things that will happen to people and you speaking up and you've been speaking up all your life. The, the 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 point is though, like when it comes down to your main purpose in life, you're gonna see this all the way through because that's what I feel like it is. This is your purpose. Like you have a purpose to speak out. You have a voice. You have a thing about you that's like I said. You have a strength about you that's uncanny because you didn't just deal with one tragedy. You deal with two, and technically back to back. You know, to be that's honest. Right. Never stop mm-hmm. dealing with your daughters whenever it happened, mm-hmm. um, and and so you've had to, and you've never been able to turn your mommy mode off and your grandma mode off, and you still have to go be a professional, and you know, and everything else that you deal with, yo. So, like I said, I, I just want to give you your flowers, and I want you, you to know that um, we got to figure out whatever your next steps are. If you guys need petition signed. Uh, in order to, or whenever you guys do have the rallies and stuff like that, we got to make sure that we 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 tag as many people and and and, and share it in as many groups down there as many people as they can. Because I always try to let people know, man, listen, it ain't happening to you right now, but it could, and you will mm-hmm. people absolutely to rally behind you, even when it ain't you. You got to do something. Yeah. So yeah, so like whatever you want. Like, all right, so is there anything? I know we had the the conference about. Hold on, let me hold on. Let me ask you something real quick. Mm-hmm. That's the most important. How are you? I'm really just taking things moment by moment. That's that's the best the best way for me to operate. I just take things moment by moment and I plan my days out. Um, I make myself available. Like I'm currently uh, out of work right now, just in light of my recently losing my son. But even in that, um, even when I was, when and, that, and, that, and that's still working. Her job is actually working with her. So still employed, but they work it out right. for her. Okay, great, great, great. Right. I was going to ask that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, But even when I was actively in, like, even with um, the work that I do as a nurse, I'm a nurse, but I work in community health. So I work mm-hmm. with a certain demographic of people, you know? Right. I'm not, um, and it's because 
most people don't want to do community health because it usually doesn't pay the most or they right. or they don't want to deal with the demographic that comes with working inside of the community. But right. that's where my heart is at. That's where it's always been. And those are the the areas that I prefer to work in. I've even done corrections. Um, and I even have my own federally funded program drug program in the state of New York for four years before I relocated to South Carolina where like I I just things shouldn't matter but they do so certain things I just like to be very clear about because unfortunately when things happen to us whether it's a child one of our children being killed by a train one of them being killed by gunfire people jump to make assumptions and come up with their own conclusions or just throw things away but that's not that's not true in any events of either one of my children or how we operate in our life and you know it's unfortunate that regardless of how much community work I've done regardless of how much advocating I have done programs I've ran and agencies I've worked with or what have you that I'm still here sitting in in here in front of everyone speaking about the death of both of my children and not have any answers. At the end of the day, I still am who I am. My daughter still was who she was and my son still was who he was. And the masses typically and statistically speaking would not care. So I greatly appreciate right. you having us on your platform, being able to speak so I can shed light on things to a certain degree in you know, again, my daughter was a passenger in a vehicle. My son was driving his car and some two people attempted to rob him. You know, he was not, even the detectives, they don't know it's from a hole in the wall. And he said, I'm just going to tell you, we came in the door going to the first thing we wanted to do was search the room after we told your daughter-in-law what happened. They found nothing. In the vehicle, they found nothing. Huh. So... This is not uh, uh, any drugs involved or anything like that. My daughter was in the passenger seat actually sleeping when her life was taken away. And at the end of the day, the bottom line of everything, I want answers in regards to both matters with my children. And I, I understand why so many people don't get the answers that they need in tragedy because right. it's hard. They give up. Like it's hard. Yeah. You lost a child or a loved one, but you lost a child and you don't have answers. Some people can't make the decision that I made, but at the end of the day, I have to, I know what I have to do and I know what works best for me to do it. And I'm able to do it because again, my ultimate goal is to get the answers. If I have to grieve 20 years from now and fall apart, I wouldn't care. I'd be okay. All would be well with me. But right now, I got work to do. Yeah, right. and his and and histor historically, Ron, you got to realize quickly that that's why I um, I just adore and appreciate and love and respect the heart of the black women. So even from the existence, right. even during biblical days, like when all the disciples ran when Jesus got crucified, it was Mary, a woman, who first seen Jesus. During the Gina Six Project, I drove to Louisiana to fight for six boys going to prison for a school fight. It was those mothers who were calling Al Sharpton and Michael Basin to say, come and help us. When Trayvon Martin got shot in his chest center mass, 
it was Sabrina, Miss Sabrina, that contacted Reverend Sharpton to get some help. So historically, you always find that there's a mother or woman that has that special spirit that God gives them to continue to just be motivated to fight uh, and to fight for justice. And then when you look at Rosa Parks, you know, she's out of all the men on that bus, what did they do? They went to the back. Rosa said, I ain't going to the back. Take me to jail. And then she became the godmother of the civil rights movement. And then in closing, when you look at um, um, the way she's fighting, my sister here, Sister, sister Coker, you know, it has to be that passion. And I forgot one more one I got to give you. Emmett Till. Miss Coker is doing the same thing that Emmett Till's mother was doing. When Emmett Till was shot, his face was so distorted that they say, please don't open his coffin. But prior to the funeral, she was doing interviews with Jet Magazine. And they graced the picture on the front cover. So, Roy, you are Jet Magazine. Funny how time repeats itself. You're that Jet Magazine for us to get this message out. And so in saying that, she opened up the coffin for everybody to see. And it went around the whole world. Emmett Till's story went around the whole world, not just in America. And so it's imperative that, that we understand the essence of that of the Black woman who have fought for decades, even in the biblical days. So shout out to all of, you know, the black women out there. At the Million Man March, they told us to respect the black woman and never call her the B word. I just took it to heart. When I see mothers, uh, and I don't think, I think Ms. Coker is uncounseled, y'all. Most people will be in counseling classes. Malcolm X's mother, and I gotta give y'all this history. Malcolm X's mother went crazy after her husband was put on some railroad tracks, Malcolm X's daddy, and cut in half. Right. She went crazy and went to an insane asylum. You can Google that. It's Black History Month. I thought I'd plug that, right? She went right. crazy. She had all those kids. And Malcolm ended up in an orphanage raised by some white folks. Then he ended up in prison. And then we know him who he is today. The home was broken up of all those kids because she went crazy. Looking at the wall, Malcolm X said, talking to herself, because she couldn't realize that they put her husband on a railroad track and his body was chopped so much in half that one side was on one side of the railroad tracks and the other side was on the other side. And he was a follower of Marcus Garvey. And we got to understand that, you know, all of the energy that she has, it comes from the ancestors. It's coming from yeah. the, those oh, powerful yeah. women that came before us. Yeah. It, ain't, it ain't just her. You know, mm -hmm. you might think it is, but it's a deeper spirit. You know, mm -hmm. you can tell. You can tell because the way that she speaks about it, because, you know, this, like I said, you know, that's not something light. Like, she's not dealing with something light. She's not dealing with a stomachache. She's not dealing with somebody that just has something that they can just pick up tomorrow and be okay with. She's dealing with stuff that, first of all, she's dealing with situations where she needs answers. In mm -hmm. both scenarios, and people are not willing to give it to her. That's number one. Number two, you know, you got to think about the way that she speaks, and you know that comes for years of of, of advocating for people and knowing when to stand up when there's mm -hmm. injustice. And the injustice just so happened to be her herself, and she's mm -hmm. able to have that same vibrato and same tenacity in speaking for herself. It's just that these other people don't know. They mm -hmm. don't know who they messing with, but they gonna yeah. find out. 
Because like I said, when we clip these up, we're going to chop these clips up and we're going to put these clips out and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to keep moving it around and make sure that people get to understand her story and they can follow her and they can get more information. That's why I was saying, even when it comes to the rallies and all these different things, or if you need petitions signed, because uh, it's a lot of people that's been on the show so far that we're put that we're like constantly, I've, I'm in conversations with John almost every other day with even mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. And we're trying to put it together because, like I said, my platform is wide open for that, right? Yeah. And to piggyback off of what he said, too, um, Mr. Barnett had me doing interviews from the day that I arrived in Virginia. My son's funeral, I arrived in Virginia on January 23rd. His funeral wasn't until February 10th. I had done multiple interviews from the day mm -hmm. I got off the plane all mm -hmm. the way on all the way on through until I up until I left Virginia mm -hmm. to come back to South Carolina. And he did all of this before he even arrived there. He right. orchestrated these things and put them together. And then also in conjunction with what he said as it relates to our ancestors, my middle name is Rachel. My middle name comes from one of my ancestors that was a slave. Mm. So knowing who I am has a lot to do with who I am. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that and that's why we talk about that spirit so much on this platform. You know, people, people, they 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 try to put you in a box because they they look at us, they base us on gender, they base us on skin color, they base us on everything but our spirit. Yes. And which what is, is yeah. which biggest, which is the biggest thing that we have or on top of the fact that we have been blessed with melanin and we have been blessed with all of these other attributes, but the fact that they don't understand our spirit and they don't understand how the ancestors connect with us. And even sometimes we don't, but there's gotta be a way whenever you have a strength like you, uh, and, and, and even in John and Tamika too, like, yo, like that has the strength that we have to do to endure. Yeah. And, and to not be afraid to speak our truth. And that's the number one thing. You know, a lot of people are afraid mm -hmm. because they worry about the backlash. They worry about the people who got the most money. They worried about their lives and so to speak. But like you said, Miss Miss Koga, like, yo, we ain't worried about all that. Mm -hmm. We got work to do. Now, yeah. unless you going to give us an answer, then come do what you're going to do. But other than that, I'm, I'm going to keep asking. Yeah, I truly believe when we stage our press conference in the upcoming week, that it's going to crack an egg because it's going to expose so much. And, and and to know that we're going to be able to tell the reporters that the solicitor has reneged for the fourth time. You don't want us to see the video. Give us the DVD and let us put in our own laptop and play it. But he's going to release that video by any means necessary because we won't stop until he do that. Because we ain't got, look at him, we ain't got nothing to lose. These two, these two souls are gone. We ain't got nothing to do but agitate him. Y'all don't know I'm hard-headed. He's going to be calling me Crazy John after a while. Y'all know I don't care. I done been in front of 76 uh, uh, courthouses and police departments. And so this is what I do. It's just second nature. It's second nature to me. Uh, you know, you do. You spend 10,000 hours in something. I've been doing this 15 years. You spend 10,000 hours in something, you begin to master it. So Jay-Z right. said, Jay said that rapping is like uh, exercise. The more you work out, the better you get. Yeah. Michael Jordan kept shooting free throws in his backyard in Wilmington, North Carolina, and became the greatest basketball player of all time. Muhammad Ali spent hours boxing. He said he, he hated every minute of it, but he knew eventually it would make him great. 
And so you have to be very persistent in your efforts. And I won't stop. I ain't going nowhere until we get that videotape. We find out who shot our son in Hampton. And I told the police department uh, in, in front of the news in Hampton, I want y'all to treat this young man like it was Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Y'all would have brought all you would have brought all kind of you would have brought all kind of resources in. The National Guard would have been there if America treated everybody like the president's children. We'd be all right. We'd be all right. We know for a fact in those streets they got cameras. That's correct. Oh, oh we know for a fact that they got mm -hmm. cameras in the street. That's correct. That's if correct. there's no way that they're going to tell us that they don't have that and all that other stuff, that's we you can't even play with it like that. So at some point. At, at this point, it's going to be a lot of pressure on both scenarios and both cases for them to just release mm -hmm. the answers because that's all she's asking for. And they can't say that they don't have it. And they will. You know what I mean? Even if it's right. some form of it, they got cameras yeah. out there. The traffic lights, they got them on the stores, buildings, they got them out that's there. That's right. And, and, Mika, and Mika, I mean, Katova, Mika, I need Mika, I need you to get uh, Miss Coke. I'm, I'm going to pay for her planner. Make sure you get her a planner. I love my planner. So. Yeah. I want y'all to get on the phone tomorrow. She's got a plan because she's going to be busy with me. We're going to stay in Hampton. We're going to stay in Charles, North Charleston until we get some justice. And anytime, y'all know how it go. Anytime y'all got some new information, anytime y'all feel like y'all want to come up and speak on anything, y'all know my platform is wide open. You know what I'm saying? All, all I, I'm a phone call away. And we'll schedule it and we'll make it shake, yo, because like I said, you know, as we can keep going and the more information we can give the people and the more like that we can share, you got a better opportunity at getting justice. And mm -hmm. that's all the way around. And, and yeah, that's uh, right. And, and, you got a lot of, and you got a lot of people in the chat group. So shout out to Ms. Coker's family. New York is yeah. in the building. Okay. I was going to say, your support system is yes. everything I want. That's part of it. I'm telling yes. you. Yes. What cities are they in, Miss Coker? What cities? Virginia, New York. Y'all uh, shout y'all cities out. All of y'all that's been making yeah, yeah, yeah. Check y'all cities yeah, in. They represent. Yeah. And our chat group, our text group is all the way live too. Every day we in it. Yeah. Oh, that's fly. yeah. That's, yeah. Fly. that's my extended right. family. North Carolina in the building. Syracuse. We got Syracuse in the building. Uh, okay. We got in the building. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's moving around. Syracuse, New York heavy, Hampton in the building. Rob, where are you from? Ain't you from New York up top? I'm from Jersey. Okay, okay, Jersey, okay. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, we from the other new. Spartanburg <laughs> yeah. in the building, all right. Oh, and Gaffney, is that Gaffney? Gaffney, yeah, Gaffney. Gaffney got the outlet mall. Don't sleep on it. <laughs> VA <laughs> in the building, y'all. VA in the building, heavy in so, South Carolina. Yeah. So, Miss, so Miss Coker, we got the uh, second Tuesday of next week. Is that a projected date that we mean yeah. you came up? Okay. So, Charleston, ten thirty. Uh, and by the way, Miss Coker, this brother here is the one that made the flyer for us for Charleston. Thank you. Yeah, that's the brother. Oh, yeah, so, no problem. Yeah, no problem. All I need you to do is change the date. Keep everything the same. Oh, okay, so we got to update it. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do it uh, next Tuesday, right, Miss Coker? I think it's next March, Tuesday. March, March. That's right, in. March. That's correct. So we can get that date tomorrow. All right, bet. Yeah. So give me the uh, information tomorrow, and I, I, I'll get it together. Okay. Yep. This is the brother. Anybody need flyers? Anybody need a planner? Holler at me. Anybody need a flyer? Holler at Rock. <laughs> if you need to, I'm plugging y'all. Holler at Mr. Barnett. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm actually scheduled to go uh, tomorrow morning to speak at a prison and. Uh, in Bennettsville, 1,300 inmates. 
Uh, they asked me to come for Black History Month. The inmates are like very excited about me coming. I'm gonna speak to hundreds of inmates tomorrow in Evans Correctional, 1,300 inmates in that prison. So you know, wow. majority of them black in South Carolina. So I'll be leaving in the morning for that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we want to do that, man, because, yeah, we, we, we've been giving out some information to a lot of people who've been dealing with felonies and different things. We want them to get that type, you know, start their life over. But mm -hmm. that's a different show right now mm -hmm. tonight to Miss Coker and everything that she's dealing with. And, and yo, listen, I, I want you to know, like I said, personally, you got my number. Anytime you want to uh, get out here and you want to talk about something, you got anything that you need people to know, and we'll jump out here and we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. You know what I'm saying? We'll schedule it and we'll make it work. Right? Because we got to. We got to keep it going. And that's, that's the right. same thing. And John, the same thing with you, with everybody that you're working with. You already know it's an open door policy. They just said, let me know and we'll make it work. Because okay. Um, okay. it's a lot of things transpiring behind the scenes for people. And I know how it can get very discouraging when it mm -hmm. doesn't seem like the heat is still hot whenever you are going through something. You know, it just, time trickles things away and people start to be less enthused and mm -hmm. people start you know, but I don't want it to be like that because that's what the power of social media is. Mm -hmm. This video that we do today, it's going to be up here forever. So even in six months, the videos that we did today will be able to be used to spark that interest yes, back sir. up, yes, spark this thing back up. And that's why this platform is important. Because other than that, just like you said, we need video to prove that mm -hmm. happened. We also need video to prove that we're not willing, we're willing to get this information out and there's support out there. So we need video in all aspects. So whenever y'all ready to come back on and jump out there and chop it up, let's do it, all right? All right, so we're oh, building too. Hold on, my bad. It's more people coming in there. All right, hold on. Let's see. We got Georgia. We got Bowling Springs, South Carolina, uh, more Virginia. It's just lit out here for you. Um, and and <laughs> yeah, people yeah. are very uh, supportive of you, which is really Yes, cool. they are. They you know really are. I see that. And and, yes, and I want y'all to know, like anybody that's watching, y'all can follow us. Uh, like the page if y'all are not um, following the YouTube channel. Like the YouTube Definitely. channel. Uh, subscribe so that way you guys will know anytime that these clips drop and all that. Because I will create shorts out of these on uh, the show so you guys can help share it. All of you guys. and Yeah. Yep. So as soon as you drop that link in the morning, you give it to me. I'll send it to everybody in the text. For already know. Already know. I'm going to send it. It'll be done tonight. And I'll send it out in the morning. You already okay. know. So I got okay. you all. All right, so before we get out of here, I just want people to know how they can get in contact with you if they need to, you know, any type of support. Um, if you uh, people want to reach out to you, you know, because like I said, some people I don't know how, how you are when it comes to that because you're very strong, and you know, some people don't really like a lot of people saying, Oh man, you know, I, I, I I'm sorry what you're going, you know, people, some people, it annoys them a little bit, you know what I mean, when people mm -hmm. just all that, so I don't know, but. Just in case people want to get in contact with you for whatever reason it is. Yes. Yeah. How can and your you cash app, Miss Coke. Give me your cash app. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. My. Oh, I don't even know what my cash app is. I remember it. Oh, no, I knew one you of my relatives. One of my relatives could put my cash app in the um chat because okay. I don't know it. <laughs> what? Uh, you you give me give me the information before that, and then okay. we you're welcome, Andre. We'll put it, uh, attach it to the clips and stuff like that. And then you can do that too as well. Whenever you share these videos, when they come up, you can attach your information in there too. That okay. way people can click on it and go right to it if you can't remember. And my, um, 
my social media, uh, my Instagram is Vanity the Fairy on Instagram, and Facebook is just Vakara Newton Coker. Okay, hold on. We I think we got your joint. Somebody jumped out there quick and got it for you because they be on. It's Money Symbol V Coker forty one. That's easy. Forty one dollar sign. Forty one. And of course, on the video, it'll be up here right there. So all of y'all that's watching live right now, and those of you that's going to watch the playback, it's right there on the screen. So if y'all want to support and her movement, remember she's dealing with two cases at the same time. That's her right. Son, her daughter, uh, she definitely can use the support in any which way you guys can. Whether you, if you don't have money to send, maybe you can share these videos when they come out. Anything you can do to help, I'm sure it'll be appreciated. Absolutely. But there it is, all right? So y'all make sure that y'all support her and her cause because it could be you. And Somebody said, I'm her little sister. She's always cash after me. <laughs> there it is. She knows yours ain't by heart. Now. Yeah, and you're welcome, Andre. Andre Newton said, thank you for your advocacy, so. Oh, that's no, my you're welcome. That's my okay. Okay. All right. So we got that, John. Like, what, what do you what do you want the people to know real quick before we get out of here? You got anything that you need the people to do? Meet follow? us in Char Meet us in Charleston, second Tuesday in March. Uh, all roads lead to Charleston, South Carolina, by, by any means necessary. And then after that, we're gonna be up uh, targeting the solicitor's office. You're gonna have to open up the door because gonna be too many of us out there. I'll be connecting with local black churches. I got a black man out of jail, Timothy Taylor, who had one arm. He was accused of rape. And I was able to stop him from going to prison. And then the killer confessed on my birthday two years ago. So oh. I have strong support in Charleston. They don't know that. So um, not only will we do the press conference, Ms. Coker, we're also going to be staging a justice rally in Charleston. In Charleston, oh. Road D, especially they to, they North to, Charleston. You try to convict the dude to rape him with one arm? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a crazy story for another day. Timothy Taylor, you can Google it. <laughs> it's all over the news. Um, it was on Dr. Phil. He's got one arm. He lost his arm when he was uh, four years old, swinging on an engine in the back of his daddy's yard. Uh, and so the white girl ended up missing in Myrtle Beach. And they thought he came to Myrtle Beach, picked her up, took her to McClellanville, which is a small city out of Charleston, killed her, beat her, raped her. And then they couldn't find the body. So they said maybe he fed her to the alligators. So the feds targeted him for 10 years and said that you killed Brittany Drexler, but he didn't. And so in the end, he was facing a plea bargain. So he accepted this five-year plea bargain on an old robbery charge when he was a kid selling some, I don't know, maybe some candy out of a store. So the Fed said, we see you didn't do enough time, so we're going to punish you again for this charge. So I took 60 people to court dressed in black, and they reversed the whole decision. And now he's at home flattening his daughter hair with one arm. The killer confessed last year on my birthday that he died of cancer, and I oh, killed her. Wow. She's behind the motel, something to that effect. And and so and he could braid with one hand. I'm sorry. One hand. You say he was braiding with one hand. He's got one arm. Oh, but that would mean he got one hand too, don't he? Oh, that's great. Yeah, only had one hand. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like his well, whole, his whole arm is gone. Like one arm gone. God, man. So how you gonna grab a white girl at Myrtle Beach? Only in I mean, Charleston. And so that mindset of Charleston, Miss Coker, is the same mindset as solicitor. Blacks don't mean nothing. South Carolina is the door that opened up slavery. So you got to ask yourself, where's the grandkids of those slave masters that used to beat our parents? Mm -hmm. They're in position as the solicitor and the fireman in the police department because they went somewhere. Yeah, they they in Charleston. Yeah. 
project. That's and then we I would work like, to, like to add to um, Amtrak and CSX are both publicly traded companies on the stock market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I know um, as much of our people that should know don't know, but that's a big deal. They care about money. And it's not necessarily about the money that they may have to give out, but the money that they could potentially lose just even for things such as bad press. That's right. So why Mr. Barnett having us do the press conference is a big deal because they they respect dollar signs and they're both publicly traded companies on the stock market. That's right. You got all these investors in these companies and they getting heat like this. That's not good for them. No, nah, not at all. Yeah, and they gonna have to do something about this though, y'all. Because because yeah. that box, I'm 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 I know I keep saying that and said it like eight times, but that box out there with that stuff is just not for no. I don't care. Like that is a that that is a main thing to me. That's a main component of the fact that that why. That, that it has no business being out there. They didn't need that to fix whatever was going on there, and they just didn't fix it. And been at least at least two more fatalities in that same exact area where my daughter and the other two um, people were killed at in the accident. Since, wait, wait, since your daughter? Since. Yeah. Yes, at least two more. Wow. You had to do a part two to this show, fam. Same exact, the same exact, um, that area is just, because I know how things work, that I'm not even, I'm just not surprised because this area, this is a very, very impoverished area. Black neighborhood. Walking to CVS to get their prescriptions, walking to Piggly Wiggly to get their groceries, walking here. This is a residential neighborhood that an Amtrak is coming through. Not a cargo train. I mean, cargo trains do come through there. Freight trains do come through there. But I'm talking about an Amtrak coming through a residential area, a poor residential area. But on the flip side, across the railroad tracks, um, Brother Rock, is Charleston, which is the number one most visited city in South Carolina because they still preserve the slave ships there, which is mm-hmm. one of the biggest tourist attractions in South Carolina. Charleston yeah. is the number one. Uh, most popular visited city in South Carolina, not Myrtle Beach. So wow. they got millions. Charleston has millions. Wow. They got more than a million. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, we're going to have to definitely have y'all back on because this right here, yeah, I mean, we can go all day. I, and I, I wanted to ask that, but I wanted to just stay on topic and not really be concerned about other people. But that, yo, I, I was one of the questions I was going to ask. So, yeah, man, this has been deep. So, listen, all the people that's watching tonight, thank y'all for jumping on, man. Thank y'all for all your comments. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for all the support that you've been giving, uh, Brother John, and been giving Miss Vicara. Y'all, y'all know that it's been a lot that they've been going through, and and I know it's not good. I'm not grouping them together as if they've been going through the same thing. I'm just saying, in the sense of, you know, having to put in this energy to seek justice, whether it's for themselves or for other people. I just want all of you guys that have watched tonight to remember that. If you don't remember nothing else, that it could very well happen to you. 
And if it does, you would definitely want people to reach out on your behalf and try to help you get some type of justice or answers. Even if you don't know, it's that old saying, you know, when they said people used to run and people run just because you ran, they don't know why you running, but they just going to run off of the strength of you running. And that's how we got to be for each other. Sometimes we just got to do that. We got to run for the strength of each other. Now, we don't have to have all the details. We just got to know something happened to some of our brothers or sisters that was wrong and they need help and they just need us to be in a number. And sometimes we got to do it. That don't affect, that don't require people to be famous behind it. Absolutely. You get what I'm saying? So definitely appreciate y'all coming on and sharing your story. Uh, definitely appreciate everybody that jumped on and watched tonight. And hopefully all of you guys will jump in next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we got the young lady out of Georgia whose son was tragically murdered at his job, basically, by the police. Mm -hmm. And and he was uh, suspected to uh, be in a stolen car, but he's coming out of his job from work. So, wow. you know. So we got her on next week and we're going to chop it up with her. She wants to get some information out. She's been struggling, going through a lot down in Georgia. And um, yeah, and, and, and not having no advocacy or nobody to help her. So yeah, we're going we gonna, to we gonna give her a platform next week and we're going to let her get out there and tell her story as well too because at the end of the day, um, you know, we got to do something. Mm -hmm. It's not much that a lot of people could do, but if you do good platforms like this, I encourage a lot of people, if you do got a platform, you know, open up your platform to these people. Let's get this word out. That's right. All right. So double salute to y'all, Meek, double salute to you. You already know. Y'all don't hang up yet. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk a little bit behind the scenes. Okay. But to those of you that have watched tonight, again, thank y'all so much, man. All right? And then, like I said, or oh, I always say, if you don't believe in yourself, Nobody else will. So until next time, double salute, y'all. Peace. Thank you. Peace.